0: Okay, well actually chapter two, uh, fifteen through seventeen, and uh I' titled it The Separation from the World. Some really interesting verses that uh, I kind can of very apropos for today. Okay, so let's just go ahead and go to the verses. So, you know, we've been covering uh the previous chapter was about the about little children, young men and fathers, and about um, kind of talking about you know um maybe spiritual maturity possibly. Well, this section kind of maybe is a little bit of a change, and it focuses on the world, the world, the world system, and a really interesting um, set of verses. So let me just read them. It says, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. So just lots of interesting things to think about, interesting. And with John, there's always challenges. John is just not your, (laughs) he's not Paul. (laughs) Let's put it that way. But really just a tremendous thing. So actually, if you look carefully, you'll see that verse 15 starts with this phrase, do not love the world. And after studying this for the last, you know, time period here, several weeks here, I'm thinking about it. You know, the rest of the verses, including the rest of that, rest of uh, verse 15, explain that that statement: "Do not love the world." So, what's that all about? Does that mean we don't love we don't love um, men and women in this world? We we hibernate. I mean, some have taken that approach. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that. I'm sure you guys know that. So let's dig into what it does mean. And so. All right, so um, yeah, with that in mind, let's go ahead and go to the first phrase. So actually you know, the, the, the subject there is, is implied, you brethren, in context, believers, you do not love the world. So the next three charts, we're gonna look at three words, the word for love, the word for not, <laughs> this is like, well, what's is? <laughs> we're looking at what not is important, not, not loving, the phrase not loving is important. And then what's the world? So let's get into the, the first one. love. Agapao is used to express uh, God's divine love. and this is one of the ones that most believers understand. Agapao agape. Um, it's just this tremendous statement of God's love. And so I have a, some verses here that talk about that. You know it's used of uh, in John 3:16, "For God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son." that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So it's use of God's love for the whole race of lost men and women. So it speaks of that. Uh, it also speaks of his nature. And In 1 John four four eight, which we'll get to here down the road, it says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So God in his essence, in his very essence, is love. Then it, it's a, it's a product of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. That wonderful verse in Galatians where it says that I always have to remind myself it's a singular fruit, <laughs> not plural. And, and it's all, we get a package deal here. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. So, so that's, a, that's a, the description of this agape or agapao in this case. So the challenge is, what does it mean in this verse? And as you learn in Bible study, you know, real estate, this is off. I've probably said this a thousand times. Real estate is location, location, location. In Bible study, it's context, context, context. So what is, what's love in this context? So we kind of weighs in on this and he, he puts forth the idea, which I, which I've studied before. He says, Akapahu here is used in its classical meaning of one 's heart by the preciousness of the object love, so uh, my understanding is that the original language it was used in the culture and it had um, it had uh, a meaning that was not the superlative definition we have of god 's divine love it was It was less than that, but it still was a a preciousness a, a love of the object, and we actually have another verse that kind of shows the meaning, the classical meaning, if you will, and it's this verse in 2 Timothy 4.10. It says for Demas, is that D-E-M-A-S, Demas? Having loved this present world has deserted me, that was Paul, and gone to Thessalonica. So in this context, love means um, the love that, you know, Demas, he was with Paul ministering the gospel, and he... He loved this, Paul says he loved this present world. Well, he didn't, he didn't have God's divine love in that. That came out of himself. That was, you know, uh, apparently a selfish act that he did. So, so what, what's trying to be pointed out in thinking this verse is that the love here is not, uh, do not love the world cannot really be agapao. It's not, God is not the source of this love. Man is the source of this love. So, and. And in this case, this agapao is present tense, which means continuous action. It's a command. And, uh, and we're to do it. We're, we're to not, we're to not love the world. So John in this letter is saying that, uh, this continuous action in the present is possible. It's possible that believers, uh, may not, uh, may love the world. And we're told not to do that. So that's the word love. So now we're going to go to the negative here. So you brethren, we're looking at not now. Not is this word may, M-E in the Greek. It's what's called a particle, which I'm not exactly sure I know what that means in the Greek. But anyway, Constable helps me out here. <laughs> he says the Greek negative, the Greek language negative, prohibition may, with the present active imperative, that's kind of a significant thing, means, and this is really cool, meaning either stop doing something or it could mean do not have the habit of doing it. So it's really pretty forceful. He says, he realized it could be going, people, brethren, the brethren could be loving the world. And he's saying, stop doing that. Just like you might tell your children, don't, you know, stop doing that. Or you could, it could be translated. Don't have the, don't have the habit of doing that. Stop doing that. Just like we tell our children. So John to his children that he's writing to, he says, stop doing that. So the Greek speaks here of an action. As I said, it's already, it's already going on, and he wants them to stop that action. Uh, so some of John's readers were still loving the world, the system out from which uh, they had been saved. And then I like here, and I know Karen will appreciate this, if you look at the first part of the translation of Wiest here, he says he, he and this is what makes Bible study great, for at least for me, is that I can look at the original as my ability allows me, and, uh, but then I can come to somebody like Weiss, and he will take the definitions I've studied, and he will use it in the translation of the verse. So Weiss renders this verse, the first part of this verse, stop loving the world, stop loving, Sorry, I'm looking at it and reading something different. Okay, start over, Roger. Okay, stop considering the world precious with the result that you love it. So he brings in several aspects, right? He, use, he uses this negative, stop doing something, and the idea of that love is you you consider it precious, so people evaluate uh are evaluating the world as being precious when God says it's not precious it's it's a fallen world basically and stop stop doing that stop considering the world precious with the results that you love it and if there's questions you know let me know we have we actually have a lot to do, but we can I think we have time for some questions, okay. So that's a that's just that okay that's two words just, go ahead
1: yeah just a, a a little bit uh expanding on that okay the, the negative it uh easily because of the context here would be not even the things of the world
0: excellent excellent that's good that's good because we're going to see uh yeah that's great because we're going to see when we get to the next verse right he's going to expand on that and talk about well what are the things of the world the, the lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life so yeah great Thanks you thank you okay um okay so now let's look at the world the cosmos 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 you say spaghetti i mean you say potato ice and potato, and whatever <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> anyway so Uh, Looking at, I looked at Chafer here, and Chafer had a really good uh, approach, I thought, here. So there's at least, there's at least three, some have a lot more, three general meanings of the world, of cosmos, and how it, or actually how it's used in the context. So it can be, it can talk of the material earth, and you can see that if you look at Acts 24, you'll see that it says that God made the world, God who made the world is, is in the, in the text there. And then it's used of the inhabitants of the world, um, the, uh, the one whom God loves and whom cried, Christ died for, like in John 3.16. So it's used in that sense. And then uh, the third area of the world is the one I think is, is here in First John. Uh, it talks about the institutions, and ph- I put in philosophies, of men as set up independent of God, and headed by Satan. And then uh, Chafer kind of elaborates. He says, that is the satanic system organized upon the principles of self, greed, armament, commercialism. And then here's, here's the, this is really cool. Andrew asked a question in the Bible study last week. And this is, uh, I'm glad he did. He says, this is a world that God does not love. And believer, the believer is warned against loving. And he, and he references uh, our verse today, our verses today. So I think the, the, the conflict or the, the seeming um, conflict between God so, God so loved the world and God commanding us not to love the world can be answered by God loves sinners, right? But he doesn't love their sin. He doesn't love the sinful system that, that man has created and that Satan is head of. So any thoughts on that or comments? Because Andrew, Andrew, if he's on, let's see, Andrew. I don't see him. Yeah, yeah, Andrew. So Andrew, is is that good? Well, is that uh, okay? Yeah, no.
1: That's that's clear. I that helps to break down uh, the word cosmos into three different uh, groups like that. Good, because it clears up my my understanding of uh, John three sixteen. So it doesn't include the. Um, the the organized system you know so yep it's just the sinners of the world
0: yeah right yeah that seems like that and that fits with a lot of other scripture too god loves the he loves the sinners and wants to save the sinners but the the world system headed by satan which unbelievers are part of he says don't don't love that don't love that system certainly so okay good thank you yeah yeah good okay cool okay so we've okay we looked at don't love the world or stop loving the world, and we looked at you know the, the definition of uh, those three words, uh, love and love and world especially. So now let's go on to the next. Actually, and it occurs um, one hundred and seventy six times if you wanted to count. Or you can, computer can count much better than I can count. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, so it goes on. Nor the things in the world. And so, Constable this is kind of Constable's kind of, uh, Constable says, uh, Cosmos represents a system of values, priorities, beliefs that unbelievers hold that exclude God. And if you had to say one thing about this term for world, the whole worldview excludes God. And boy, aren't we seeing that today? Aren't we seeing? I mean, if there ever a time, I don't know about you guys, but I'm talk all the time. The world is displaying its worldliness in, in red letters, it's just like it's flashing out there all the time. We see the values of the world being put forth, and how if you don't align with that, you're 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 a bad guy. You know, you're you're intolerant or whatever it might be. And and what what should we you know in a way we should totally expect that. Uh, so verse sixteen is going to give us more details about that. We're going to see if anyone loves the world. So so now we kind of switch. Okay, this switches to the second part here. If anyone loves the world. So, so here, here's a, uh, an if statement. And in the, in the Greek language, there's different classes of if statements. And this is one called the third class condition. So it says, uh, it ha- has not happened, but it probably will. So, so this, um, I think this is from Weiss, it expresses a hypothetical condition in the subjunctive mood. So it's possible and it, and it probably will happen. So we renders this, if anyone as a habit of his life is in considering the world precious and is therefore loving it. So it's saying it's possible. That's what Paul, that's what Paul, that's what um, John is talking about here, talking about um, uh, people um, loving the world system over loving God, basically. So does that mean the Christian? Yeah, he's talking, he, yeah, he's talking to Christians. They, they can, and you know, but it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, and so what I've, you know, and thinking about this a little bit it's challenging. It so, well, I can't. aren't there some parts of the world, I can like, like I, I like, uh, I like my car, right? Can I not have a nice looking car? <laughs> so we'll see as I go through it. See if we can have like our. Can I have a nice looking car? Can I, can I, you know? Anyway, there's all kinds of you know questions do to, to arise. But actually, I think the definite the. Um, the choice has become much clearer with the world system the way it is now. It's much, actually, at one time, you think the world system looks pretty good. You know, you had what we thought was a, you know, uh, a nice government, maybe, <laughs> and we, with people would seem to be, quote, nice and tolerant and whatever, but then but their true colors weren't shown in a sense. But now the true colors of the world are on view 24 7. You can get more than you can stomach. So it's, it actually is a lot easier to spot the things of the world. Okay. I wonder if we can uh, go ahead if, I
1: wonder if we can look at this as the organization of the world
0: mm-hmm. okay okay so that's that's back you know the definition that let's just go back here the definition that uh right institutions philosophies of men set up in the yeah right it's the entire world system right right, and it's a fallen system it's a exactly fallen. exactly, yep.
2: Well, and Roger, sure, go ahead. where it says this first, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. And you were just saying that, you know, as we get, as we keep going, their true colors come out. And I just right. wonder if, if it could be true also that the colors were always there, but in our youth, we do look at the things of the world, or, it, or at least in the youth of our of our. Christian life and the more that we are in his presence that those things we're not loving it like we used to so that we're able to see that better than we had before
0: yeah would that
2: be true or not
0: yeah yeah I I think so I think which as we grow in grace and the knowledge of him we we come to you know we recognize what is from him and what's not from him so yes I agree so so let's just and along that line (laughs) Um, just to keep going here, sorry to, uh, okay, this phrase, the love of the Father is not in, is a little bit problematic, and actually, this is where I need Roy's help here, because I'm not as familiar with this as I should be, it could be translated, uh, the love for the Father, which is the idea that, which which seems to fit more in the context, it's love for the world versus love for the Father, But in the original, there's two possibilities. It could be love of the father or love for the father. And this one, most of the people I read um, say this is the correct rendering and it's objective genitive, but it could be what they call subjective genitive, which maybe is too much information, but um, anything, any comment on that, Roy, that would be helpful, you think, or all right. I'm happy to leave it alone. <laughs> with what, Love for the father fits totally. Love for the world versus love for the father. That's uh, that's what he's talking about.
1: Right. The, the grammarians, they have two ways of looking at this case and that it could be uh, the source or it could be object. Okay. Um, in this particular context, which is how we are supposed to look at it, um, we don't have his kind of love. We're we not in harmony with him. Uh, I think that's where we should be taking this. It, it's not so much uh, uh, loving him as being a um, perspective different than his. Okay? Okay. All right. We don't, we don't have his love towards the world. Right. And, 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 We're and looking at the things that have fallen and liking them and he doesn't what he likes is the people. And that's the kind of love we should have the people, not the fallen
0: uh, system. Excellent. OK, I like that. And to kind of uh, continue here on that. Uh, Roger. Go ahead. Uh, can the unbeliever have agape love? No, no. In fact, actually, so that's, it's, that's that's it's my next love
1: point. that even the believer has, because I don't think he could have it otherwise. And when he's filled with the other kind of love, no, he's going to miss that agape love, isn't he?
0: He is. He is. And, and that's that's, exa- that's exa- Go ahead. That because, uh,
1: in 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 John three, I think it's what eighteen. Um, they love agape love the world. And right. We also gave another example earlier the unbelievers can have agape love but it isn't it isn't of the father it's not his love
0: His love exactly is different um yeah right i don't know if that helps yeah no, that, that's great roy but actually my this we point i think speaks to all this hopefully it says his point is this love for the father as generated in the hearts of yielded believers by the Holy Spirit, and that's the way the Christian life works. It's not—it's His love, it's His life. That's what the believer is representing. That's what comes out from us, right? It's His love, His life. So the unbeliever can't can't do that. He can't ever do that. And, and so that—that's why that's why the love for the Father, uh, you know, it fits within the you know, this is the love for the Father as generated by the Holy Spirit, basically. Go ahead,
2: uh, Roger. I was thinking that uh, a carnal Christian doesn't have the fellowship with uh, Christ. No. So the love of the Father is not in him. and In other words, the fellowship is broken.
0: E- Excellent. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, if, if you, you, have, you have your mic on, right? Can people hear? Yes,
2: uh-huh. Good.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has to be on. Okay, good. Thank you. I want people to hear. Okay, good deal. Okay, let's keep going. I, I would wouldn't go so fast. There wasn't <laughs> so much more to. Okay, so John's warning us uh, is a, uh, <clears throat> our love for the world, and and this and this is the tension here. And, and we know this just from so many things about the Christian life. It's it's either A or B. There's not a middle ground, right? <clears throat> we either have a love a love for the world sinfully, or we have a love for the Father. We you know either we're Either the believer, In the believer's case, I'll just stick to that, he's either displaying the love which comes from him, he's in fellowship with the Father, and he's displaying that love, or he's not in fellowship, displaying something else. And that's, it's not, there's not a middle ground, we either are or we aren't. And, and here's a verse that talks to that, <clears throat> Galatians 5.16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So, as we walk by the Spirit, and actually, it's really strong. It's impossible. Is, is really the, is even the strong? a better version of that. But and we're going to use that verse here shortly. Um, and then we says here. Uh, so, so as you go through here, you got to be, you know, context, 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 context. So, in the, in this case, agape is the, the divine love. It's he says the New Testament sense, which he means. I believe he means the. Um, It's not the classical meaning, it's agape in the divine sense. Okay, so now we're going to go to verse 16. So verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So now he's going to give us, uh, if you will, the details. We're gonna get the the details of what the world's like, and actually, this is actually no, this is not new news. (laughs) This is in today's world. You think, wow, here it is, and okay, for all those in the world. So John summarizes the world system in in three ways. Those three things, and I had not heard this next one here. So this is from Constable, I think. Here is a picture of the so-called Infernal Trinity. I had not heard the, that referred those things and re, referred to in that way when it was interesting. So the three facets of the world, the three sources of worldly temptation. So actually before, let me go back. Before, so actually this is not a new problem. Adam and Eve had this problem in the garden. <laughs> nothing's new, <laughs> nothing's new. So let me just read in Genesis 2, two sixteen and 17. It says, the Lord commanded the, the man saying, from any tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Okay, so now we have our verse that comes in chapter 3 of Genesis, which we see the three, three aspects here. And it says... When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so that I think that corresponds to the lust of the flesh, uh, and that it was de- a delight to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. Isn't that isn't that amazing? This is the same the same picture. It's a little bit hard. The first one I struggled with saw the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. I I, I thought a lot about that. I, I it, yeah, I think it fits, but you just got to think about it for a while. So, so there's that. There's the three aspects of the world, and you you think, well, they saw the world. They were in the Garden of Eden. I thought the Garden of Eden was supposed to be, <laughs> but they had their sin. You know, well, anyway, there's there's a lot of things that you get off on rabbit trails here, but I'm gonna try to avoid that for right now. Okay, so let's based upon that, let's look at the lust of the flesh. So the first one is the lust of the flesh, and this is. Uh, let's see, epithemia It's actually literally desire, craving, longing, mostly of evil, but we're gonna see that there are cases, uh, some wonderful cases where it's used for, um, in a positive sense too. And flesh here, flesh is another one of these words that has a whole bunch of meanings, and I didn't dive into that. I just went with the one that I think applies here. Um, and it says, it refers to the totally depraved nature depraved nature has governed the individual's reason, will, and emotions. And, you know, the thing in Romans there, it says that, uh, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. So that, that's a, we definitely, Scripture definitely teaches that we have a, have a sin nature, believers. It's not gone. It's still there. <laughs> Thus the lust of the flesh is the passion desires or the cravings that come out from the evil nature or the sin nature lust of the flesh and and, okay then what i did here i I was looking for i thought well you know can we any concrete examples here because uh, what i found here is no no great news is that everything all these lusts all the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the boastful pride of life they all come out of our sin nature they they're different aspects of it so i so here's um, Constable. He kind of weighs in on his his take is that the lust of the flesh in the modern civilization is our hedonistic, or idolizing pleasure. And if you think about that, that's on so many different levels. You know, drugs get, come into play. You know, illicit sex and and just so many so many different things come into the uh, people are just pleasure driven. I want to get a high. You know, uh, um, remember in the '60s. Uh, Turn on, tune in, drop out, and everything was about getting, all about pleasure, right? Well, what can I, and I, I was part of that, I grew up in that generation. I wasn't a believer. <laughs> the Lord got me through it somehow. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, so it was all about pleasure, anything to, to maximize pleasure. That was the thing. That was it. That's, so that's a, lust, that's a good description of the lust of the flesh. And then we says the physical, and here's a good point. The physical body, our bodies are neutral. Our hands aren't inherently evil. They can do wonderful things. They can be a skilled surgeon to save lives, or they can, you know, hurt people badly. So our bodies are not in themselves evil. Okay, so, all right, so now, what you've all have been waiting for, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. I took one of the house charts, and I just kind of reworked it a little bit. <laughs> So here we are. I wanted to get, I wanted to get to the AB, make sure that we you guys know this really well, but so this is a picture for he used for walking in the spirit. So we have the the mind and the heart, the soul, the control center if you will. And we have for the believer, we have a a fallen nature, a sin nature, which is called the flesh. And we have the Holy Spirit within us, the new nature. And then we have the world systems impacting. It's coming in impacting uh by our sinful nature, so we're told to walk in the spirit. So walking here is the idea we we a uh, volitional thing. We walk. We abide in Him. We walk in. Uh, I say walk by the spirit and will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So here we are walking in the spirit. But but the point I want to make here <clears throat> for this situation is that we have in verse seventeen we have. The flesh sets its desires against the spirit. And remember, desires is the same word for lust. And the spirit against the flesh. So we have these competing, the sin nature versus uh, the Holy Spirit. And so we have these two competing factors. And they both have desires. We have the desires, which we're looking at, the desire of the flesh, desire of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's coming at us via the sin nature. But what's wonderful is... Oops, went the We have desires out of the Holy Spirit, out of our new nature, and I just this is one that occurred to me: <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit, right? That's coming at us—love, joy—as we abide in Him. Love, joy, peace, patience, etc. So, so we have these two competing desires: the di- desires out of the out of um, our new nature and the Holy Spirit, and we have desires out of the sinful nature. And we have a we have a choice, right? We can we can walk with Him. Are not walk with him, so. Okay, you guys see this before quite a bit, okay. All right, so let's go on. So let's look at the lust of the eyes, a little bit more. Could I? Uh, sure, go go ahead, Roy, go ahead. that chart,
1: it just beautifully brings out God's perspective because it is the Holy Spirit's desires that we're to be in harmony with. Amen, that's great, that's great, Roy. Great. I just I'm looking at that and I'm saying, wow, there
0: it is. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you. That's good. You know, I, I I went back and looked at that and I thought, boy, I I can label one thing, but what, what do I label? Well, I, you know, it's the Holy Spirit's in us, and he's it's the things of the you know he's showing us the things of Christ. And, and all we see is the Holy Spirit in
1: us, right? But He is revealing the Right. Son.
0: He is. And. and and he's there at the desire of the Father. Right. They're all involved. <laughs> yep. Amen. Amen. No, that's great. No, I. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. Okay. So now, uh, <clears throat> lust of the eyes. We has the passion desires of the eyes. So now, this is another. You know what I found is in studying this. Some people never. I would say never, but some people didn't include the, the 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 sin nature in this. They just tried to define. Well, here's the lust of the flesh. Here's the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They tried to define those, which and they had long pages of text and stuff. But boy, when I said, "Well, wait a minute," there's a central part to this. The sin nature is is the central part to all this. So if you if you don't see that, if you don't see that the sin nature is what's is what's uh, causing those lusts to impact us, I think you miss you really miss a key point. And that's and, and Weiss was the one that really picked up on that a lot. I was really thankful for that. Um, so this is another manifestation of, of the evil nature of sin nature, the lust of the eyes, uh the passionate cravings for satisfaction. Uh, okay, so Constable takes his crack at where this you're like this. <laughs> he he says that the you know the comma is Excessive buying, and what he means is materialism, idolizing possessions. And don't you see that? Isn't that just what? I mean, the the advertisement industry just goes bonkers with this. I mean, every, you've just got to have. I got to have a new phone, right? I just can't have my old phone that I had for two years, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got to have a new phone, <laughs> or I got to have a new this, or it just just constantly. And and some, yeah, Amazon ahead. makes it really easy. <laughs> yeah, you to know, you want. Amazon <laughs> makes it easy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I, will, Amazon is nice sometimes. When you, I think of my daughter-in-law. She has the. Uh, we have our four grandchildren. I think without Amazon, she would have been underwater <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my goodness <laughs> Hey Roger, here's, yes, here's a
1: verse from Proverbs It really sums this up. Okay. All in Babylon are never satisfied. Nor are the eyes of man
0: ever satisfied oh that's good roy i like <laughs> that that's great that's great i know is more and i th- i'll probably money will probably get me on this but uh i think it was john d rockefeller was asked is that right okay he was oh, asked yeah. about how much? what yeah what how much or how much would it take to make him satisfied you know he he was a bill gates of his era and he said this is this is, just blows me away just a little bit more Wow! <laughs> Wait a minute. A little bit more. You own all this. every possible thing, but just a little bit more. That, that, that's 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 in nature. That's a. There's just always a little bit more. There's got to be more of this and more of that. Roger. Gotcha. Sure. Go ahead. Um, back on the thing with with Adam, <clears throat> Adam and Eve. When she said the fruit was good. Uh huh. Uh huh. You we weren't sure how that was the lust of the eyes. Uh huh. I wonder if it's because. Maybe she was she wasn't hungry and she was just saying you know maybe it was that she it wasn't something she needed it was just extra that um, you know what I mean okay yeah. okay well well actually I took you know I, I thought about that too I went back and forth on that because I I thought well you know <clears throat> these things are it's not that these things aren't attractive they're very attractive I mean they do they do phones they do if you love you know, I love electronics. I mean, that's my that was my career. So, cool electronics are are interesting to me. It's not that they aren't interesting or look good. They do look good. So I'm I'm thinking that tree in the middle of the garden looked good. I'm sure it looked, really looked good. She, she says it looked good, and you know. But God says no. Just like with your children, right? You say when they're younger, you say don't don't do that. That's not going to give you. It's going to be dangerous, or it's not going to give you what you think. You know, another, another chocolate piece of chocolate is not going to help you, right? It's going to make what? you what? 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 No, no. I got to have another piece of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's um, that's what it's all about. So it's uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to off on a rabbit trail here. I'm going to lose it here. Okay, all right. Let's go on quickly. I'm sorry to have to move on. Some... The boastful pride of life, and here's the other. Here's what we see in spades today. Oh, it's just the pride of life. The ampl—I used to amplify it this time. The pride of life. It's the assurance in one's own resources. Boy, do we see this in politics, right? Boy, to be a politician, you've got to—you've got a major in the boastful pride of life. <laughs> I mean, you got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Stability. I mean, uh, stability in earthly things. Thinking that I think about the Titanic, right? When the Titanic was launched, there was a big uproar. It said it's unsinkable. <laughs> well, that was quickly proved. It wasn't unsinkable. <laughs> so man is very boastful. Very boastful pride of life.
1: We're all wrapped up in self. Aren't
0: exactly, and it, and it's another thing of the sin nature, uh, and he. So basically uh Consul weighs in here. In fact, he thinks it's egoism, idolizing power. Boy, don't you see that in today's world? Men want power. How about how about Putin? He wants he wants power. He's gonna get power. It doesn't matter what it costs them lives and people, he's gonna get power. And then we get people that want power in this country, and it's a it's a mess. So you don't you don't need to actually you got a perfect here's a here's my Bible and here's the world system. Wait a minute, it's right there. <laughs> So very apropos message today. Okay, <clears throat> the last verse here, which is which could be a little problematic, but not. I don't think it is. <clears throat> the world is passing away. Yay! <laughs> okay, so this is uh, <clears throat> this is a word that's in the present indicative passive, which means it's not only passing away; it's passing away because of God's um, plan. This this present world is passing away. When the rapture happens and the, and the tribulation period happens and the millennial kingdom, it, this world is going to pass away. And, and so that's what, that's what the first part is, passing away. And God is in control of that passing away. We uh, has it's, it's being caused to pass away. And God is the, is the cause of that. And also it's lust. Isn't that wonderful? The lusts are going to pass away uh, because we're, you know, we're going to be with him with no more sin nature. Okay. Therefore, the lusts mentioned in verse 16 are also passing away.
1: All right. Things, Go ahead. Things Go things ahead, really, really strong in the Greek here is uh, the lust of itself is passing away. Okay. So that's,
0: well, that's good. I like that. That's good. Really good. Okay. All right. So now he, the last part here. Okay. Last part here. And this... Some people might have problems with this, but actually I don't think it's that problematic. But the, the one who does the will of God lives forever. Okay, so let's think about this for a second. You know, you look at that and you think, well, boy, am I always doing the will of God? Ah, maybe not. <laughs> but, but let's just, this, this, here's, here's my thought process. Okay, well, actually let, let's, uh, I, I went back to Weast again. And we says, but, but the one who keeps, because this is the tense of the verb here. But the one who keeps on habitually doing the will of God abides forever. So you can say, Roger, that makes it even worse. You add the word habitually in there. <laughs> you didn't say just once in a while. You said twenty four seven. So anyway, I think I think the the way to approach this is to look at our position and our condition. So think about this, and we all know this positionally. <clears throat> Every believer has done the, we all done the will of God by tr- putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's God's will. I'm not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. We have done God's will. And so we, we accept that as being, doing his will. We've accepted Christ as our Savior. Okay? And he, many promises with that.
1: <clears throat>
0: and John 20, 31 is just a beautiful promise about, about the words that were written. But these have been written. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. So there's, there's no, we have life, we'll live forever. That's a wonderful verse. And then, then conditionally, we're told to walk by faith, abide in him moment by moment. That's to be the habit of our life. And then this verse that kind of talks about that some more therefore as you as rec- you has received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him so the process doesn't change right in the Christian life we received him by faith and now moment by moment we're to walk by faith and that's a Christian that's a Christian life yes we will we will um, sin we may- we'll- we won't you know but we confess those sins but kind of the bottom line here is that God is keeping us right <clears throat> I I have I have given eternal life to them. They will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. God is maintaining our salvation based upon our faith in Him. So I think you can take that verse uh, and look at it and say uh, it's not. He I don't think he's saying that if you mess up, if you don't do the will of God, well, twenty four. If you if you can't do it twenty four seven, you're out of luck. Oh, he's just saying that. The one who does so, does the will of God, and we have done the will of God, lives forever. So that's how that's my take on that verse. I I looked at Constable. Constable, I agree. I didn't look at everybody else. <laughs> anyway, any thoughts on that last part of that verse?
1: One of the things that we're getting into is those who do not remain with us. Is the immediate following context okay? Uh, and I, I think he's drawing up a those that are doing the will of god looking at the world the way god looks at it mm-hmm. uh, they are abiding they're at home in mm-hmm. okay um, anyway I,
0: you, you think that's that's kind of the contrast there okay i see what you're saying the ones that go off and are, are at home in the world system if you will right? Roger. right yeah go ahead Sorry. That's all right. No, fine. I I'm it I'm, 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 I'm good.
2: It says, "But the one who does the will of the Father mm-hmm. would it be the one who is in the will of the Father is does?" I don't understand well, that does. Well, I, I don't know what the Greek says. Well, the Greek actually
0: we springs it out pretty good. It's it has, that does have has the idea. I didn't. I don't have it written down, but it, it does has the idea of um, habit, you know, keeps on habitually doing the will of God abides forever and so, so it's an action yes.
2: um
0: but if it's
2: uh, positional, it's not action
0: no it's not it's not go ahead roy you got something you want to say well just it's a
1: participle it's a present form participle is right. modifying uh, what you're doing uh, it's durative things done okay that might help a little okay uh, what what is god doing he's leading men to love his son uh, what is god doing uh having a perspective of the world that's correct mm. rather than incorrect mm. and i think that's what's in focus here okay
0: okay roger yeah go ahead
2: I think one of the neat words in that with the Wies too is that he uses, um, but the one who keeps on habitually doing the will of God abides forever. It's not lives forever. It's abides forever. Uh So Uh that when we're doing his will, obviously we're abiding in him. And when we're not, we're not, which is our Uh daily condition here and there all the time. Uh I think for me, it's a comfort going but when I get to that judgment seat, I'm so thankful that he's going to say, okay, here's all stuff that you did on your own, Karen. We're not going to we're burning gonna, that. We're not going to talk about you it. to reward you for the things you did while you were.
0: <laughs> Amen. Essentially
2: doing that and yeah. abiding in me. So it's so, it's, there's a comfort there. It's, it's, there
0: yeah. There so. is. But, you know, your first, it, it is, you look at that, it does kind of challenge you. And so, I you know, I, I think keeping in mind that we, we have done God's will, you know by believing in him, that's his will, and so uh and he and his desire is that we keep we keep doing his will, we keep walking with him, but he realizes we may not you i'm getting I'm getting signs here from <laughs> the uh people in the room that we <laughs> music practice me, is coming me. up here, and there we have some musicians okay. in the room, and we better better move on here so well thanks for all the great comments you know great verses actually very applicable for today. You don't need to read your newspaper. Just read your Bible, right? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's close. We thank you, Father, so much. We thank you for your marvelous word, Lord. Thank you for your care for us. We Thank you that that, um, you care for us so much that you sent your son and that as we walk by faith and trust him day by day, that's exactly where you want us to be. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.